privilege to be able to be with you this morning on Easter Sunday. And I thought all week um, what could possibly be said to maybe offer a little bit of encouragement to everybody during this time. It's been, it's been different nonetheless and been odd. And it is, I have to echo T.A. when he said a couple weeks ago, it's, it's kind of hard to sit up here and preach to a very uh, limited number of people and, uh, but I should be worth uh, used to it because uh, I preach to my wife and my dog and my cat all the time. So I have a small audience usually when I do it. But uh, nonetheless, we are here doing the best that we can with the technology that we have. And uh, we are certainly blessed to be able to do that. Thank you for, for being here and being with us on Facebook. I want to spend a little bit of time this morning in Matthew chapter 14. And the incidents that we're going to talk about in Matthew chapter 14, I think, is... Uh, it's important that we point out a few things here that would probably and go with what we're doing even and going through even today. We all are familiar with the story, or we should be, as uh, Matthew 14 tells us when Jesus constrained his disciples to go into a ship before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. This is verse 22. As you continue through, it says that the ship was in the midst of the sea, was tossed with waves, and the wind was contrary, in the middle of a storm. And we know that Jesus went to the ship walking on the sea about the fourth watch of the night. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, in verse 26, they were troubled, saying it's a spirit, and they cried out for fear. And that's a, a key element today. People are scared to death about what's going on, and in many cases, rightfully so about what's going on around them in the world. There's so many people who are struggling. And it's not just this COVID-19 thing we're dealing with. There's so many other things that people are, are fearful of in the direction that our world is going. So they were afraid. But straightway Jesus spake unto them and saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come to thee on the water. That is kind of where we're going to stop for a second. We have a moment to where we, in this life, are, are kind of met, as the, as the phrase says, where the rubber meets the road, where our faith is to be seen and acted upon. This is where Peter is. If it's you, let me come to you. Some people say that Peter didn't have much faith here. And I'm, I'm not the opposite on that because I don't believe that if Peter didn't know that it was Jesus, I don't think he'd go out of that boat. Because if you've ever been on the boat in a storm, you know how fearful that is. But he stepped out of the boat in that moment where his faith became action to where he put aside fear, where he put aside doubt and took the first step out of that boat on the water and that moment is where we are even today Jesus in the Bible tells us that we are to replace fear with love there's no fear in love because fear hath torment we're told to be of good faith we're told to to not fear because because fear does not give us a sound mind we're told to look to God and trust in his grace trust in his power and trust in his mercy in that moment, we would do well to do the same thing as Peter and step out of our rhetorical boats during this time. 
In verse 29, Jesus said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And here we see in verse 30, he looked around, he saw the wind boisterous, he saw the waves, he saw the storm, and he was afraid. Again, fear seeps back into his life. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Now here we have the moment where he was faithful and doubtless stepping out of the boat. And many of us are faithful, faithful and doubtless when we take that first step into Christianity. That first step into service. But when we get into service or Christianity or the Christian walks of life, a storm arises. That be a temptation, that be a struggle, that be whatever the case is. A storm happens and we start to let fear and doubt seep back into our lives. When that happens, we too spiritually begin to sink. But it's a good thing that Jesus was there because Peter knew who to cry to. And certainly we as well should be able to understand and know that we cry out to Jesus during those times. We pray to God during those times. And immediately in verse 31, we see that word. They're there to help us. They're there to assist us. They're there to bring us through that moment of trial and sin. Now, today, the pandemic that's going on, nothing wrong with being worried about that. I understand that that, that's, that comes with it. There's nothing wrong with being concerned about that. Nothing wrong with taking precautions about that. But friends, what I want to encourage you to do, as T.A. mentioned in about two weeks ago talking about fear, let's not be afraid to the point that we stop doing our Christian duties. We can still pray for one another. We can still call each other. We can still send cards to each other. Spray them down with Lysol before you mail them. We can still do those things. We can still be, be a part of each other's lives even with this virus and, and social distancing that they're calling it, we can still live a Christian life. Being a Christian doesn't stop. Even in the moment of a storm. Even in the moment of fear. Even in the moment of doubt. Being a Christian is something that is never ending. So we can take comfort in the fact that we know during this time, if we will replace our fear with faith, if we ever replace uncertainty with trust, if we ever replace doubt with knowledge that God's still in control, things will be a lot better for us in the long run. Verse 31, as we see, immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? You see, Peter didn't doubt till he paid attention to the things around him more than he did Jesus. And I'm reminded of Colossians 3 and verse 2 where it says to set our affection on things above and not on things of this earth. See, things in this earth are temporary. They're going to fail. But if we set our affection on things above, you reference back earlier in the book of Matthew where we are to set our treasures in heaven where moth and rust doth not corrupt for thieves do not break through and steal. And he says for where your treasure is there your heart will be also. Let our focus and our mind and our hearts be on heaven. 
Let our focus, let our mind, be our, let our hearts be on God and His Word and His service. And these things that we're dealing with in this life at this time will be a lot easier to come through and overcome. You notice in verse 32, when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And I'm reminded, it doesn't say here that God or Jesus carried Peter. Obviously, the implication is here is Peter was focused on Christ when he first came out of the boat, he was walking on the water. The implication here is that when he caught him up out of the water, they walked back to the boat. Now, I'm not trying to read too much into this, but the, the implication is certainly there. I believe if he had carried Peter, I believe he would have mentioned that. I, I firmly do. I believe that would have been a very important part. But the fact of the matter is, when we are with God, when we are fully trusted in his grace, when we are fully in line with his word, then we are on top of the water. And the waves and the storm and the temptation and the trial that beats and blows on us, we're not worried about it because it didn't cease until they got back in the boat. So it goes to show us that as long as we are with God, even in the storm, things work out. Things are fine. And it's going to be okay. And even though we're not together physically in an assembly like this, we're together in spirit, we're together in heart, and we're together, joined together through the blood of Christ. Verse 33, they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. We would do very well to remind ourselves of that each and every day, that Jesus is the Son of God, that God is still in control, and as long as we've got one another in the avenue of prayer and fellowship with God, we can know that no virus can change that. No trial can change that. No sin, no temptation, no storm, no waves can change that. I want to encourage us to look to God during this time. Stop looking at the media. Stop looking at all the things that the world is, is telling us through social media, through, through news outlets, through newspapers. Stop listening to those things. Be informed, but trust God more than you trust them. That's my encouragement to you. And I hope uh, I'm not out of turn or out of line, but, but I saw this, uh, this song's been on my mind too. In verse, the chapter, uh, sorry, uh, number 7 and 11 in our, in our hymnals, it's blessed be the tie that binds. I would like to sing the first two verses of that song. So if you're able to uh, turn into your books and sing those, those that are here, sing with me. And if you're at home and you know the words, sing right along too. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love, the fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above before our Father's throne. We pour our ardent prayer 
fears, our hopes, our aims are won, our comforts and our cares. Thank you all. Let's learn to love one another and keep our faith during this trying time.